regular season is here, and as the Maple Leafs prepare to open their season against the team that ousted them last year, I don't know if this is a feeling that you guys share, but I'm finding it hard to work up any uh, animosity over that series towards anyone but the Leafs, right? (laughs) Like back in 2013, I had plenty of scar tissue from the Bruins, and even to a degree, like the more recent series against Boston as well. Like there, you kind of wince when you see them on the schedule, right? But this one, it's like you did it to yourself, you know? Yeah. What do, What does it say about what we know of this Leafs team that they just got ousted by their most historical rival in the first round on their way to the Stanley Cup final? And we have like the Habs are basically an afterthought to me right now. And, you know, fool me once shame on me, but you know, that's just the the way it is right now. It's, it's on the Leafs to, to right their own wrongs and prove everybody wrong this coming season. Yeah. There's nothing extra exciting about the opening night because they played in the playoffs whatsoever. It just doesn't matter. And, And they played how many times last year? I think we're all ready to see some new opponents. That's probably yeah. a big reason for that. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the obstacles are clearly defined and they are wearing blue and white. Uh, we, we've spent, like, demons, we've spent enough time everywhere. with this team to know that by now, right? Uh, they are their own worst enemy. And now, literally so, as Mitch Marner gets hurt on the eve of opening day on an awkward hit <laughs> in practice from Wayne Simmons, and now we're not uh, sure what's going to happen, if he's going to be in the lineup or not for game number one. Um, injuries have kind of sprouted up as the, the uh, storyline here in the last few days heading into the season. Yeah, well, a couple of days ago, it was, look how many forwards the Leafs have. And now we're not exactly sure what we're going to be looking at for a lineup on opening night. You know, Austin isn't ready to come back yet. I think he's getting close. But now we're just kind of waiting to hear what's going to be the case with Mariner. M- missing both of those guys for any length of time is definitely less than ideal. Uh it kind of sounds like the the belief amongst the team is that Mariner is going to be fine. Yeah. Um, That doesn't mean that he's not going to miss some time, but uh, yeah, here's hoping that it was just a precautionary thing at practice and he's going to be ready to go on opening night. This is like, this is why you, you know, you, you accumulate the depth that you, that they did. And we were all talking about how many four NHL forwards there were in camp and stuff like that. And, but I mean, we kind of like i felt like this was coming like they were a pretty healthy team last year all things considered especially with when you're condensing the schedule and stuff like i know yeah simmons broke his hand or wrist or whatever it was um you know matthew's kind of on again off again and then hyman's knee but like there wasn't that many prolonged periods where there was two or three you know impactful players out of the lineup so this kind of they're due for a bit of an injury bug and you know Matthews doesn't seem like it's going to be past, you know, the, the Saturday night game, like he should be back next week. So hopefully there's no, you know, setbacks in that recovery, but I mean, the McKayev thing hurts, but I think that's where they're built to withstand this. Like anybody losing their, any team in the league losing their top two players are going to feel that. But I think the Leafs are pretty insulated for losing, you know, a guy that's probably going to slot into the bottom six or middle six um, with, with the kind of depth that they've accumulated over the summer and the extra pieces they brought in. And, uh, you know, th- that was a guy who obviously had a pretty good preseason and you were hoping would, would slot in and, and 
maybe even be a top six guy to start out. And uh, Well, it looked like he was going to get that chance. The guy just has the worst luck. Like We talked about it plenty with his horrible luck around the net and finishing scoring chances. But you, know, you think back to the first injury he suffered in his rookie season. That's just a freak incident that, you know, thank goodness we rarely ever see in the game of hockey. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a preseason injury out of – a weak little hit from behind. He just kind of went down awkwardly and landed on his hand. And yeah, now he's going to be out for two months when he was staring down the barrel of a left wing spot alongside John Tavares and Willie Nylander. He got a feel for the guy. Yeah. And he, and he battled back to get that spot too. Like it wasn't given to him. Like there seemed like there was a guy penciled in and, and it's not like Bunting played poorly and, and he, you know, just by default got that spot. You know, it did, it did seem like, you know, he, earned Keith's trust enough and maybe seems like a guy that had some trouble doing that in the past. So that makes you feel even worse for him. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, you wonder with a guy who already requested a trade and they mm-hmm. kind of convinced him to stay, it's like, you know, it doesn't even need to be a logical thing, right? Like maybe he's just saying like, I, I'm, I'm cursed in this place and I, I just got to move on. And maybe this is further Why would reinforcing he ever that. Think that? <laughs> Why would he ever believe that he would be <laughs> cursed in Toronto? Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, injury is kind of the, the story as we head into the season. And I guess, you know, there's not, not a whole lot of, um, use talking about too much lineup stuff because uh, things are going to be shuffled around here as, as they deal with, with the injury bug. Um, uh, they'll have one less body to, to, you know, be able to slot in. And that's Adam Brooks, who, who was claimed on waivers and headed to Montreal, um, which is kind of a bummer. I mean, I, I think that we've all expressed kind of an affection for his game in the past as, as limited as kind of his opportunity has been. Um, he's, he's slotted in nicely at times. He's got good hockey sense and he's a guy that you, you, you've developed, um, you know, he's a homegrown product and, and you probably had designs on him having a, a spot in the roster if not full-time this year, then certainly over the next couple of seasons. And, and now he's gone to a, a division rival. Yeah, I think the, the part of the reason why I kind of liked him is it seemed like he developed some chemistry with Spezza and Simmons on that fourth line. And, and it seemed like that could be you know something going into the season that you, you kind of throw out there in a sheltered way to kind of take advantage of some some mismatches with, with opposing teams that maybe don't have that kind of firepower down in the bottom of their lineup. But at the end of the day, like, it, it sucks that, that he's gone. He, he was a likable guy, but uh, you know, they have like speaking about the depth, like they have the depth to replace it. And this is the price that you have to pay when you have that many NHL forwards that come to camp. So it's like kind of always felt like somebody was going to get lost to waivers. I didn't really think they were going to expose him kind of thought, you know, that he might be somebody that they keep around, but obviously they, you know, I, I think if anything that held them back is, is I think maybe they, are looking for a little bit more speed and that doesn't really seem to be something that he has in his, in his tool belt. He's a smart player. I think that's what, you know, allowed him to, to contribute offensively with, with Spezza is, is just kind of having the IQ to, to run alongside of him. But yeah, I think, I don't know, speed, maybe just looking for an injection of speed. And I'll be honest, I didn't watch anything that Mario played like any of the games he was in really this year so I don't know if he comes in necessarily as a an upgrade in that department but there's something that that they're seeing in his game that they prefer over Brooks well I think the biggest thing with Amadio is 
the experience that he has in the league. You know, he's just about the same age as Adam Brooks. In fact, I believe he's a, a bit younger. And, and he's played a lot more in the NHL than Brooks has to this point. And he's also scored at a higher rate in the American Hockey League than Brooks has. So from that perspective, you can understand the move. Like you said, Brooks is a really intelligent player. He's versatile. He can kind of, you know, blend in wherever you slot him in the lineup. He he can play with a lot of different styles of players. But there's nothing really that jumps out about his skill set. He's not very big. He's not very fast. He doesn't have a bullet of a shot. He's not making ridiculous behind-the-back passes through layers of coverage like you see Mitch Mariner or Willie Nylander doing. So while it's not a, a huge deal to lose a player of Brooks's caliber, it's still a useful player that's gone out of the organization. And it just seems like there's like this Toronto effect that kind of takes hold when you see these guys on waivers. Like Every time a marginal leaf goes on waivers that you're hoping sneaks through, they almost always get claimed. And meanwhile, the New York Islanders throw Michael Dal Cole on waivers, a fifth overall pick from a few years ago, and no one touches them. It's, it's, there's got to be something to do with the bright lights of Toronto that kind of draws more attention to our waiver wire guys. It, it just seems that way. So we wanted to do some season predictions, uh, both for the Leafs and, and a little bit of um, NHL-wide stuff, and figure that the best place to start is with the Atlantic Division, which the Leafs, um, I guess, somewhat probably graciously are, are rejoining. I, I don't know. Like, uh, I guess it was kind of fun to beat up on the Canadian Division, but I we, we talked about this before we started recording. Like, we are fucking sick of the Calgary Flames and etc. So let's, <laughs> yeah. let's move on. Um, there will so, always be something to Ottawa and Montreal, as as Keith said earlier. But yeah, those games against the Western Canadian teams last year at the end of it, that was just, it was it, so drawn out. And it felt overdone. like they played the Calgary Flames like 35 times last year. It was outrageous. Yeah. Yeah, and it felt like each one was like a cricket match, like a two-day-long <laughs> game. Yeah, I, yeah I'm very ready for a Tuesday night matchup against the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll start with the Atlantic Division, and I think the best way to do this, like we'll just get your division winners from the other divisions, but for the Atlantic, let's let's give our playoff teams and in order because I think that that's an interesting way to do it because, you know, we can include or not include as we see fit because i feel like most people have the same four teams at the top of the atlantic division and then there's just kind of that one straggler but let's let's jump into it nick do you want to start us off with your atlantic division rankings yeah i've got the leafs winning the division i think that should be the goal for the team this year uh kind of you know just add a little bit of substance to what's going to be a, a slog of a regular season especially with all the outside noise that they're going to be hearing every day about how it doesn't really matter and it, it means nothing until they do it in the playoffs. I, I think that, you know, the, the other teams in the division, they all kind of got worse with the exception of, or the other top teams in the division, I should say, all kind of got worse over the offseason with the exception of maybe Florida. Maybe. Um, I, I, I fully believe the Leafs are actually a better team than they were last year. Zach Hyman's a very difficult player to replace, but I think that the rest of their depth options and the way they've rounded out the lineup kind of mitigates his departure a bit. Um, I think Bogosian will be missed on the back end, 
but he he wasn't you know really a, a key figure on the roster. I think his minutes can probably be replaced by some combination of Sandine, Dermott, and Lilligren over the course of the season. So I've got the Leafs winning the Atlantic. Um, I've got the Lightning at number two. Hard to justify dropping them much farther than that. Uh, and I think the Panthers are going to finish third with the Bruins coming in fourth. I, I, the Bruins have lost a lot. David Krejci has been their second-line center, one of the better second-line centers in the league for a long time. They don't really have an adequate replacement for him. Uh, they don't know if or when Tuka Rask will return. He's not under contract right now. I think their goaltending is a huge question mark with Allmark and Swayman. That doesn't mean that it won't be good, but you know I have to see it first. I, the Bruins are an aging core. I, I think that their window is beginning to close, and I, I've got them as my last playoff team in the Atlantic. Keith? I still have the Lightning winning the division. Um, I think that, like Nick said, they 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 got worse, but you know where it matters and 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 kind of the the core of that team is all still there, and they're you know that's a frightening bunch of of players. So like, I I don't see I I think everybody got closer to the Lightning, but I still think that they're they're the best team in the division. Um, mainly, I get just Vasilevsky is going to steal. 10, 15 games himself and, and that kind of, you know, again, still having point Kucherov and, and, uh, and Hedman and, and, and the rest of the crew. So I, I'd have them at first Leafs second. Um, you know, I, I don't think they're in any, any danger of slipping any further than that. Um, like I also think that the team is better, at least on paper this year, there should be more kind of secondary scoring to go around with, with the, you know, replacing Hyman with, you know, three or four guys and then and moving out some of the spare parts that they had. So I, I think that, you know, th- that would be probably as low as, as they're going to go. So I would go Lightning, Leafs, and then I have the, the Panthers and the Bruins as well. Really kind of the same thought. I, I thought about flipping them um, just because I'm I just – the goaltending in Florida is such a question mark. I think Spencer Knight's great, but I, I mean, he's he's still very, very young and, and unknown. So, uh, and Bobrovsky, who the hell knows? Like, it, that's the other thing is if if he catches lightning in a bottle and all of a sudden becomes the Bobrovsky that that signed the con the year before he signed the contract, they could make some noise too. But I think it makes I think they're 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 going to be the the fourth uh, and kind of final playoff team in that division. All right. I'm going to kind of flip things just slightly. I've got the Leafs winning like Nick. Um, think that they should dominate. They should push for 120 points. This is what the team, uh, you know, this is the team that they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be one of these teams that, um, you know, gets there and, and, it becomes a president's trophy winner and a dominant regular season team and, you know, playoffs we'll see, but um, they they should absolutely be pushing for the division. And I think that should be the goal this year. um, As far as the regular season goes, I've got the Panthers at number two, and and this is a little hot takey maybe, but um, I think that they improved. I like Sam Reinhardt a lot. I, you know, I I generally think that they're a solid squad. I, I don't necessarily, buy them as like the cup contender that maybe some think they are but I think that they're gonna have a really good regular season um, I think that the rivalry with the lightning has taken another step over the last year and I think that's gonna push them to really um, you know want to uh, 
basically beat the piss out of Tampa Bay as much as they can because that's what the the trend seems to have been here over the last little bit with these teams and I, I think that's that's going to push them to a really strong regular season and then I got Tampa Bay in third because I I just wonder you know two um, you know Stanley Cups deep playoff runs bit COVID of a hangover, years, yeah. is the fatigue going to set in with these guys and how much of a shit do they give about the regular season and they've lost a lot like they lost that whole gourd line right like that was uh, a total motor for them and where's it going to come from like they've got guys like Matthew Joseph who I, I think are going to have good seasons and and kind of step in and we're going to be pissed off that the lightning are still really good despite <laughs> losing so much but I, I I could see there being a slip here and like you know I v- could very much see all three of these teams finishing like north of 100 points quite easily and even like maybe all three at 105 plus in that in that range and really battling for the top of the division and then I have the Bruins fourth as well and I, I just I, I've been kind of expecting that slip for a few seasons and it, it feels like it's approaching with you know like you said the loss of Kretschy, Rask um, there's more question marks each year it seems with the Bruins and, and I see them slipping and those are my four Atlantic playoff teams, but none of us had the Habs, um, which I guess I, I, I wouldn't have had the Habs right after the Stanley Cup final if you'd asked me. So I, I don't think that this uh, is hot takey given everything that's happened. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't think that's hot takey <laughs> given everything that's happened since with, you know, the personnel and, and the guys that, that won't be suiting up at least to start the season. And, and um, but yeah, I, I don't think now the question is, do, do we all have them in fifth if, if we were to go that far or do we see maybe a chance? Because I, I wouldn't be shocked if, if, you know, things really took a turn, especially the way things have started out this season, just with obviously no Weber, no price to start at least. Um, you know, this could be a team that's just really tapped out to, to start the season. If they get off to a bad, bad start of it, maybe one of those uh, teams like Ottawa surprises and jumps up. Well, I think there's like a very clear distinction between the top four teams in the division and the bottom four. Montreal is probably at the the top of that second tier in a group with Ottawa and Detroit and Buffalo. But Ottawa is definitely a sneaky team that could, you know, cause some fits for the rest of the teams in the division this year. They're kind of a, a wild card, I think. You know, they've got a lot of young guys who have. They came in last year with a really young core, and some of those players really impressed. You've got Josh Norris and Drake Batherson, players like that, who are probably ready to take another step forward in their individual development paths this year. Um, I, I don't think Buffalo is going to win very many games. Like their roster is a tire fire. The Bills it's, might win more games than the Sabers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, legitimately, like that's <laughs> that's actually a possibility. Um, Detroit, I think, is still like a, a, another year or two away, but they've got a lot of really good, exciting young players. I think that Montreal is kind of getting to get caught in that purgatory area where they don't necessarily have the high end prospects coming that teams like Detroit and Ottawa and Buffalo do. And their current talent is beginning to age. You know, you've got Gallagher is not exactly young anymore. We know what's going on with Price and Weber. And yeah, it's they're going to have a mountain to climb in the coming years, I think, to keep that team competitive. Yeah, and even even if they do, you know, you reset or retool or whatever, rebuild, like guys like 
Toffoli and Anderson aren't going to be around for guys that they draft in the next couple of years, or at least won't be productive NHL players come that time anyway. So they are in a weird spot right now. And knowing that the three biggest pieces that took them to the cup final next year are not going to be there, you know, one of them for at least for the start of the season, like that's, I don't see them slipping past that fifth spot, but I guess, you know, crazier things have happened. And if, if I had to guess it, it probably would be Ottawa that, that might get ahead of them, but I don't see that. Don't see that happening. I don't want us to come off as having like sour grapes here and that we're just like shitting on the Canadians. Cause as Cam said, if you had asked us directly after the, the Stanley no. cup finals, I, I think that we all kind of had this same line of thought that they were going to be hard pressed to make it back next year. So they've just got a lot of things working against them going into this season. It's going to be a tough, tough sledding. And I want to clarify my perceived bad Leafs fan take of putting them in second. I don't think that they're like in any danger of, you know, not getting over a hundred points or something like that. Like there's, they're they're going to be right there i think all year with with tampa i just think they slightly might edge them out a little bit but i still think toronto isn't could easily be at that 105 to, to 110 range i just don't see them getting over that 120 kind of crazy hump that, that tampa might be able to do uh let's look at some of the other divisions give our division winners and start with the other uh division in the east the metropolitan um I, i've got the canes here and, and I, I think I differ from you guys on this one, and, and I think that this is probably maybe the tightest division and the one that will probably, um, I mean, the, the Atlantic's going to be tight at the top, but in terms of just, you know, complete, who you know, throw a bunch of names into a hat and, and who knows, like almost anyone could win that division to me. Um, I, I think that Carolina's got a really good squad and it really comes down to their goaltending, but if you get a... a, a you're going to bank on season. Freddie Anderson. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you get a half a season out of Freddie and you get a half a season out of the other Band-Aid they got there, who was it, Ranta? Yeah, they'd be hard-pressed to get a half a season out of the two of them combined. So it's tough, but goaltending is <laughs> always tough in Carolina, and they, they push for it. It still you know, doesn't for, make sense that they ditched so, And didn't they win this division last year? Not not this division, but their own division last year. Like, didn't they win like ahead of Tampa and and Florida? Right. So full disclosure, I didn't pay attention to anything. I know, but I'm pretty sure that happened. (laughs) And I I think that I think that they could definitely do it. And I'm sure shit not going to pick the Islanders. Keith, go. Yeah, well, that's that's my pick, and 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 I I don't I I don't really have a good reason because they don't they haven't really performed that well in the regular season. But just looking at the rest of the division, like nobody, I don't know. Nobody jumps out at me. Are we, are we ranking them? Cause I think the flyers have a shot, but so much of that depends and not to kind of steal your thunder here, Nick, but that's, there's a lot of question marks there, but I think they could potentially be a team that might be able to, to fall the right way, I guess. Yeah. I think cam summed it up. Well, it's a wide open division. There's a lot of good teams. I think that like from top to bottom, it's probably going to be the tightest. Um, yeah, I've got Philly. I'm just, I like a lot of the additions that they made over the off season and I'm banking on Carter Hart returning to form. I, I think he's an extremely talented goaltender. Last year was a, a strange and difficult year for everybody, not just hockey players, but you know, a young goaltender still trying to find his way in the league and all the restrictions that were in place last year and just a, a strange year overall. I, I've, I don't really want to sail him down the river because of that. And uh, yeah, I've got a lot of faith in Carter Hart. I think that the the team really improved their defense core with the additions of Ellis and Yandel. 
uh, yeah, I've got the Flyers. Big Ristolainen guy. Uh, wait, wait, wait. I, I forgot about Ristolainen. Okay, wait. Uh, the Caps are going to win that division. Yeah. I, but you know what, though? Like, honestly, I think one thing that is clear with that division, as tight as it is, you know, I'm not ruling them out by any means, but the Penguins and the Capitals, they're they're in that Bruins boat, right? Like, they're in that they're w- getting winding there. They're definitely down getting there. core, you know. Especially Pittsburgh, I think. Yeah, more so, probably, yeah. Uh, but, like... Yeah, I don't know, but would it surprise you if at the end of the year they were the top two teams in the division? Like, I, I'd be surprised, but it wouldn't be like, I'd be like, oh yeah, I guess. Like, you know, Crosby, <laughs> yeah. they, they, those guys can do that, just throw a team on their back. But I, I don't know, like, the, the only team that doesn't really have a shot at making the playoffs in that division are the Blue Jackets. Everybody else, I could see it getting in. Let's jump over to the West then and start with the Central Division. Uh, Nick, who do you have out in the Central coming out on top i think that there might be a bit of a theme here uh, I'm, I'm going with the avalanche yeah i think that you know they've got some of the most exciting players in the league up front and on the back end uh i think that it's their time really like we talk about the leafs breaking through and being the team that they're supposed to be i think that you know the avalanche are supposed to be one of the best teams in the league i think they're very clearly uh, one of the the top contenders to win it all, and yeah, th- that's e- easy pick for me in the central. Yeah, I think we're probably all in the same boat there. There's not not really. I, I like the Wild, but uh, yeah, it's it's the ass. Yeah, we got a consensus there for sure. I've I've got you know. I think that Minnesota is good. I think that like Winnipeg could maybe surprise if Hellebuck really has a crazy year, but it's it's Colorado's to and lose. their defense got better too, right? Like that was the big bugaboo for Winnipeg was a really thin blue line last year and i think they took some steps to address that so they they could make a push in that division but i still think it's colorado's to lose they're definitely a playoff team but yeah Yeah. there's i don't think anybody's i think that's about as big of a lock of any division in the league and the pacific uh keith do you want to start us off there i'm gonna go a little hot takey here and say the oilers i just you know I don't necessarily think they did anything to deserve that, but I just, the, the, I mean, getting Hyman was, was pretty big, but now it looks like they're not even going to play him with McDavid, at least to start, which I don't fully understand. But I, I mean, I'm not going to bet against McDavid. I think I think that he's going to find even another gear this year and same thing with Dreisaitl. So those guys will, you know, it's going to come down to goaltending, I think, and just how far they can go. But um, I, I have them coming in first. Nick? Yeah, I've I've got some concerns about, you know, naturally I've got some concerns about some of the moves that Ken Holland made this offseason, yeah. Zach Hyman notwithstanding. Uh, I think that in an effort to solidify their blue line, they poked a bunch worse. of holes in the boat. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think that they're going to be in tough with a, a, I think Duncan Keith and Cody Cece are playing together. So that's going to be something. Um I've got Vegas winning this division. Uh, I just I think it's a pretty weak division overall for the most part, and Vegas has kind of been the class of that group ever since they came into the league, really. So, uh, yeah, I'm having a hard time betting against them. Uh, in another kind of theme that we have going here, goaltending is going to be a big deal. That they don't have, you know, the reigning Vesna winner is gone, uh, but they've got a pretty capable guy coming in behind them in Robin Leonard. And they're just still a really deep team. 
all around, uh, I, I think that they're going to be a lot to handle for the rest of the teams in that division. Yeah, I've got Vegas uh, coming out on top in that one as well. I, and I'm not super confident in it. Like, I don't like picking this division. I feel, uh, you know, like Vegas is probably the best team on paper, but I, I just wonder if the House of Cards might come down there a little bit. They got a lot of veteran talent, and it's, yeah, it, it's felt like it's just felt like, you know, they, they have been gearing towards a push. And um, as a result, I feel like they've kind of. Uh, uh, you know, increase the the chances that some of these guys are going to fall off. Like if Pacioretty falls off or, you know, if, if Petra Angelo even starts to kind of his performance maybe starts to dip at some point. Um, you, you and put I think yourself LA in is probably ready to, to start making a bit of a push towards relevance too, right? Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, it's I feel like with Vegas, um, obviously goaltending, I, I think it's weakened, but Leonard's still good. But, um, you know, you can't really look at Edmonton and feel good great about their goaltending otherwise i'd probably be with you keith um you know maybe seattle like they've got a strong goaltending and i could see you you just really don't know what they're going to do so if if vegas struggles maybe seattle is the team that shocks everyone and grabs the division and and i I certainly wouldn't be predicting that but um no one predicted vegas yeah Yeah. (laughs) well that's it and i just i just feel like there's a little more um you know while i feel pretty good could be william carlson well i feel pretty good about colorado um um, you know that Colorado prediction. I, I I had Vegas in that category last year, and I, I don't feel quite as as confident in that anymore. I guess. Yeah, the the center depth is questionable. You yeah. know, in Vegas, and and Leonard is good, but Leonard as the guy kind of you know scares me a little bit. Like not having that insulation there. Yeah. So I I don't know that they, they just don't they don't. Like you guys said, they just don't jump off the page like they did in years past for me. But I mean, I'm obviously not confident in the Oilers either, but got to pick somebody. Yeah, but, <laughs> all that said, Keith, I don't blame you one bit for believing that Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl could outscore whatever disaster yeah. the, the back end is going to provide. And it will be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think McDavid realizes that uh, if this is going to happen, it's going to be me. <laughs> it's, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. have to do it myself, I guess, unless I'm the, banking on Duncan Keith helping out here. So, um, you know, he's maybe he just goes monster mode and wins, you know, the division himself. Who knows? Well, like, would you bet against it? No, like, not at all. I, I got a little terrified there for a second when Keith said that he might hit even another gear this season because holy shit, like man, I think he's I think he's getting close to 130 points for sure. I well, could I, see I, more than he that. Was People on saying 130, like it's I don't I don't think that that's yeah. I think 130. I, I would be almost surprised if he didn't breeze past that at this point. Yeah, it's true. What was he on? Made 105 in 56 games. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a guy that like. You know, Keith said earlier, would you be surprised at the end of the season if you looked up and saw that Pittsburgh and Washington were the the top two teams in the Metro? Would you be surprised at the end of the season if you looked up and saw McDavid had 160 points? It would be incredible not to take anything away from what kind of accomplishment that would be, but I don't think it would surprise anybody. No. Um, Okay, let's get back into some Leaf stuff. We've got some over-unders for the 21-22 season that we want to run through and we're going to start with the Maple Leafs point total for the coming season which we have set at 108 and a half so 108 and a half points are we over or are we under Keith let's start with you I'm going to I'm going to keep us grounded here and say I'm going to give I'm going to go with the under but just just barely like 
106, 107, just, just barely. Nick? I said that uh, I think the Leafs are going to win the division. I think at minimum to win that division, it's probably going to take 110 points. So I'm, I'm going to take the over, but just just on the other side of the spectrum from Keith, just slightly over. I could have set this at like 115 and a half, and I'd probably take the over. I, I, <laughs> I don't have any. Um, I, I think that, you know, on the one hand, like it's easy to say, oh, you know, regular season doesn't matter. This is a regular season team. Of course, they're going to do that. Like they haven't done it. They, they should go out and, and dominate. And like I've said in past episodes i think that that's kind of one of the very few things they can do this season that would actually maybe get my confidence up again going into the reg- going into the playoffs is you know they they just look like they're on even another level and look like a clear best team in the league and to do that you know you're you talking about pushing 120 maybe even more than that you're talking uh, about president's trophy at that point I, I i i think that's where the goals should be i think that's where they should have their sights set so i am taking an easy over on the 108 and a half um, we're all you know we've all been inundated with the talk of this regular season not mattering and stuff but for the players and everyone around the team th- this regular season matters a whole hell of a lot and i think striving for for what you're talking about there, Cam, it should be the goal for this team. Next over under Austin Matthews gold total set at 59 and a half, which is spicy. So what have we got, Nick? Let's go back to you for this one uh, over or under 59 and a half for Matthews goal totals. And he's and keeping in mind, he's going to probably miss at least the first three games, probably the season. Yeah, well, with that in mind, I'm going to lean slightly on the under. Uh, I know that you know a handful of games might not seem that significant, but when you're talking about a goal total like 60, you know every one of those outings matters when you're talking about a guy scoring that close to a goal per game. So I'm going to go slightly under. Um, I think he's 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 going to make it interesting. Um, he's just remarkable to watch out there. He can score in so many different ways. He's he's just incredible. I think that a fully healthy Austin Matthews is definitely capable of scoring 60. And, you know, we saw what he did to the league last year when he was dealing with that wrist injury off and on all along. So if he does come back healthy and manages to stay that way throughout the course of the year, I think he'll push 60. But I'm going slightly under. Yeah, I'm going to go under too, but it'll be... Yeah, he'll be in that 55 range, I think. Like, I think 50 is a lock. Like, I think, you know, us saying like 49 and a half would have been a pretty boring segment. But I, I, I think, yeah, he, you're going to see him hit 50. 60 is just astronomical. But if anybody in the league is going to hit that, it's, it's him. But I'm going to I'm going to settle in around 55, I think. So I'm going to go over and I'm going to I'm going to pose another question to you here because I, I know we all think he'll hit 50. What's the fewest games he could play? And score 50, and you wouldn't be surprised. I'd say like 65, 66 games. Keith? Yeah, I was going to say 60. Like 60, if, if he did 50 and 60, I, like I, you know, I could see that happening. And that's why I'm taking the over, because I think that he could go on a run. And I think that, like, even if he plays, you know, 75 games, I think that 60 is well within reach. I think that. Um, this is a guy, if he plays 82, he, there's going to be a year where he's knocking on the door of 65, 70 for sure. As far as I'm concerned, I, I he just, he's effortless. And I, I think 59 and a half, it's a little dependent on, on luck, on injuries, on a lot of things, but, um, 60 would be a hell of a season, but I, I, I think he can do it. Um, next up. Mitch Marner point totals 
uh, 99.5. Are we over or under? Is Mitch going for another 100 point season? Uh, or I guess it, it, would this be his? This would be his first 100 point season. Be, just, he hasn't. I feel like I spent like so Phil much time Kessel looking at adjusted numbers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Even his adjusted, though, I think last year he was 99.9 or something like that. Right, right. So, he, yeah, he fell just short. I think what was his best 94, did you say? Yeah, I think so. Uh, will he get the vaunted 100-point plateau? Um, and I, I'm I'm going to take the over. I, I think that, you know, I think that uh, he, he could pretty... I don't want to say easily, but, uh, you know, if I've got Matthews hitting 60 goals, um, you know, that guy's probably going to be pushing 70, 75 assists. And and I think that 100 is well within reach for for Marner. Nick? Yeah, I'm going over on that one with Marner. I'm expecting an absolutely massive year out of Marner. And I don't think it's going to stop in the regular season either. That's all I'm going to say for now. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be positive for once on this this segment here this this episode. I think he, I think he's I think he's over 100. I think he could even be in the top three in scoring by the end of the year. Uh, you know, right there with McDavid and Drysaitel. So I, I not close to their totals, but the next guy. But uh, yeah, and I I think it's important to note that he's going to be coming in with a chip on his shoulder, and I think that that's going to be big this year. Like he's he's got something to prove, and you know. They all do, but him more than him more than anybody because I think like we, I mean, ad nauseum we've talked about it, but like he wore the brunt of the playoffs more than anybody did, and and he knows that. So I'm interested to see what if if he has another gear, and I think even if he doesn't have another gear, he's still going to hit 100. Yeah, I I think that the only thing I could see, and you know, I I think that this power play thing is going to work out nicely too. So he's going to get a boost from that. the only thing I could see is, you know, is he going to do this whole, uh, I got to focus on being a complete player and, and is right. he going to start chipping it in and doing, you know, non Mariner stuff to, to kind of prove that he's, uh, you know, maturing as a player or, or how is that going to go? I, I don't expect that at all, but, and but I think that the pure talent is, though. that could, that could be a wrinkle. Yeah. It, I get what you're saying, but I don't, really buy into that because I think that you know outside of his production in the playoffs and you know a couple of ugly penalties uh, you know just a few standout bad moments I think that he really was one of the most complete players in the series like he's one of the most complete players in the league Uh, I wrote him about him uh, about a week ago now at the Leafs Nation and one of the things I alluded to in the article was that more than any other superstar in his tier around the league you know you're talking a very select group of players he impacts the game in more ways than all of those guys he's he's one of the most frequently used penalty killers as in terms of forwards in the whole league never mind on his team and he's one of the most talented offensive players in the world so i i think that what's really sticking in his craw, so to speak, is, you know, everyone's shitting on him for not lighting the lamp or, you know, generating enough offense. I, I think that's probably going to be his his main focus this year and look out. Yeah, well, I think I think uh, maybe I phrased it incorrectly. Um, I think that, he, yeah, he's obviously a great, you know, two-way player and, and and everything that goes along with that. But I guess what, I, what I'm more thinking is, has he been hearing uh, everyone saying for the last few months, these guys only give a shit about getting on SportsCenter? 
Yeah, and, and yeah, does that fair. play into his mentality when he's on the ice handling the puck? And, and I sure I, hope I, it doesn't. That's like that's that's diving into bullshit psychology we can never actually like figure out, right? Like I, I just it, it's a thought that I have that like how how much has this played with his psyche going into this season, and you know how does his kind of focus change because of it? Yeah. yeah, and a lot of that stuff could even come in like the form of subconsciousness, right? So it doesn't even necessarily exactly. have to be something that he's actively focusing on. Yeah, it to- it's that. But you're right. That convers- like how many times has the Iserman thing come up where it's like, oh, you know, are you going to get your 120 points every year? Or are you going to win a cup? So if that stuff mm-hmm. starts to creep in, like I could see something like that. But yeah, let's fucking hope not. <laughs> Next over under Jack Campbell starts for the season. Uh, we set the over under at forty nine and a half. Um, so basically, which is basically a sixty forty split. Yeah, yeah. Is, is he going to be the guy who carries the load, um, or, or is it going to be more of an even split, or even something that favors Peter Morazic? Keith, why don't you start us off on this one? Yeah, it's right there for me. Like it's so close. We did a good job at setting these because I. I don't know. I I I I know I got to pick something, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go over. But it would just be barely. Like he's it's. I I think that it, the obviously the concern coming in is that he's never had to shoulder the load. But we're not asking him to make you know, sixty five starts. So I think that you could realistically see that happen. Morazic's good though. Like that that's the that's the only reason. I don't think it's necessarily going to be a Jack Campbell you know plays his way out of it type of scenario. But I just think if Mrazic's healthy, it's going to be hard to, to not play him because he's been pretty damn good when he's healthy. So it's going to be an, it, probably the most interesting storyline for me to watch all year is, is how this plays out. But I'm going to say over and just just barely. Yeah, I think you pretty much nailed it there, Keith. I think you know where we set this over under is pretty much the the absolute top end for yeah. what Campbell could see in terms of starts this season. Um, I'm going to take the over. I think that he is going to prevail as kind of, you know, the, the one a to Mrazic's one B he's starting on opening night and Sheldon Keefe's quote ahead of opening night was, was quite telling in my opinion Uh, when asked about how he was going to handle the goaltending going into the season. He said there was never a question in his mind that it was going to be Jack on opening night. So that just kind of leads me to believe that, Right now, Jack is the, the more trusted kind of 1A de facto guy. And it, much like last year, I think that he's just going to run with that. I think he he's an extremely talented goaltender. It seems like he's finally figured out a lot of the things that kind of ailed him in his younger years in the league. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going the over. I think Campbell's going to have an outstanding year. Uh, before I get to my number, Nick, I just wanted to acknowledge that I I, I heard how you navigated that uh, phrase, Sheldon Keefe's quote, and I just wanted to say I was impressed. Yeah, the- um, you did really well there. <laughs> yeah, I almost said something It was close, <laughs> but you did really well. Um, thank you, thank you. Uh, you're getting good at this podcast <laughs> stuff, bud. Uh, <laughs> yeah, learn from the best. <laughs> so I'm going to go a slight under on, on Campbell's starts. Like you've said, I think that, you know, Mrazek is obviously a a talented goaltender. Um, 
So, I, you know, if, if this is a situation where I don't, I don't think it's going to be um, an even split, I think that Campbell will get the edge. But if it's maybe 46, 48 starts for Campbell and then the rest go to Mrazek and, and then maybe Hutchison gets a cleanup start or two when there's injuries or, or what have you, I, you know, we'll, we'll see. But um, I, I, I think that I would probably go just slightly under on, on this one. It makes sense given what, you know, they're paying Mrazic some money, right? They, they yeah. didn't bring him in here to totally ride the bench and just kind of be that, you know, insurance option for Campbell. I think that they fully intend on, on using him, you know, a fairly significant amount. And our final over under, uh, it's not a regular season one, playoff <laughs> rounds one. And we set the line at 0. 0. 0.5. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um is anyone going under? Let's just say that. No, we can't no. because well, like <laughs> no one. It, what are we even it, doing it just, here? Yeah, it defies our existence. <laughs> Not only as a show, but as fucking people. If we take the under on that, so yeah, I think we're yeah. all going over. How much over are you guys going? Well, that's the question. So if I set it at one point five, um, who, who's, oh, well, on, who's under on, on the fly that? Here, let's go. Who's under on one point five? I think I have to say over because I've. I always said, and I'm not alone in this. This isn't like a unique thought, but like I feel like as soon as they win one, they're going to win two and probably three, and just like like the floodgates are going to open. So yeah, I would be I'd be over at one and a half. Yeah, I'm over at one and a half too. Me too. Let's leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, get it, we'll get we'll get into the regular season, then maybe we'll talk more about playoffs. Let's see. I just I can't help but self-flagellate every time we talk about playoffs. It's like. No, you don't deserve to talk about it. You <laughs> yeah. wait. You wait until March to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but but we're going to get to bold predictions, and, and that's mostly why I wanted to stop talking about it. My bold prediction is the least make the Stanley Cup final. Whew. Whew. That's Let's a lot more, than, lot more bold than what I was going to come out with. <laughs> it, it, how about this? It, it's less bold than what I was going to come out with. Jesus. Well, I'll go next then. <laughs> Mine. I'm going with a specific on a player because that's what we did last year. Was was kind of some some player bold predictions, which I think Nick was the only one to get his correct, uh, which was that Campbell was going to start game one of the playoffs again. Um, I am correct in my analysis, <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, I'm going to go with a Andre Kasha themed uh, theme prediction, and that and that is that he's going to stay relatively healthy this year. He's going to play 70 games and he's going to finish with 55 points. Um, a 55 point pace would have been, I think his career best. Um, you know, he didn't do that over an 82 game or anything like that, but so it'll be a career year for Kasha and and health will finally, uh, bounce on his side a little bit. What a boon that would be for the Leafs. You know, he's got the talent to do it. You know, everyone's said it all along. It's a matter of him staying healthy. I don't think there's any question that he can produce at that level in the NHL. Um, I, I was going to predict the thing, but you know, um, History tells me not to to, to say the thing, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot off of that. Um, I'm going to predict that Willie Nylander scores 40 goals this coming season. But that's not all that interesting, and I want to hear more about cams. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sticking by it. I'm not going to expand on it. I believe that uh, they. Well, what, what did you say? They're going to make it to the make, final. Make it. They're going to the make it to the final. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and, and which you, you, you really is just me saying. I just. 
if if yeah this is just me setting the bar now at if you recall last year we talked incessantly just win the north get two rounds under your belt now it's three sorry fuckers i don't care if you haven't won one yet figure it out like it's the, the high watermark is not changing for you you gotta fucking swim so um that's that's my take there i don't have any expansion beyond that just win some damn rounds and i think that the stanley cup final this is a team that should you know they they should compete for that and kind of the element of what you said keith you know maybe they get one under them and, and they roll but um well it, th- it comes down to the demons right like paul mcclain was talking about it on the all or nothing doc everywhere these guys look there's demons so if they really? can if they can exercise that first demon i i think that like you said keith they're they're gonna roll uh, i've the storyline writes itself at that point man like oh the you know the the the, the ever elusive first playoff victory and and then it's then they're just rolling and 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 I, that could, I don't think it's that. Like I think, like I said, if they win one, I could see them winning three. I have like absolutely zero historical reason to feel this way, <laughs> but, but I'm really, really high on this group. I, I think this is one of the best complete teams that they've assembled. You know, maybe since Matthews and Mariner have been here. I, I, this is the time that those guys are going to be coming in with a major chip on their shoulder. They know that it's, it's basically do or die and they have to carry that with them all season long. It's going to be a long road just to get there, but I think they're going to be that much more ready for it when the time comes. And they should have come in with chips on their shoulders last year. But I think the Columbus thing, like losing to Boston, it's like, Oh, well it's Boston and they're incredible. And they, you know, cup finals and cup wins and all that stuff. And then it's, Oh, well, the Columbus series was a fluke and it was the Babcock year and the pandemic and all this stuff. So it's like there's there was built in excuses. There, there's no excuses. You showed your entire ass in front of everybody uh, and blew a 3-1 lead to a team that shouldn't have been in the playoffs. And if that doesn't piss you off and you don't come and play inspired, then I don't know. Yeah. You know, you also have the element of um, there's no cushion. Like you pissed that away by losing in the first round every single year. Like usually teams would work up to it, and back in 2017, you would think that okay, you, you win a round next year, and then two rounds the next year, and and it's a it's a, a process, and you build towards it, and and you have completely pissed away your opportunity to continue to build you just have to go out and prove it now and that's very much kind of the and it is sink or swim like it's it's you know what what would be a successful outcome for a team this good this season that's had no playoff success and to me it's you got to go and win multiple rounds uh maybe two would be okay but One might three. be enough to save them if that's the yeah. way it goes. It, it yeah. might. It might be enough to save the core and and you know prolong the tenure of Kyle Dubas and Sheldon Keefe. But it won't be good enough. It needs to be at least a couple of rounds. Make some noise. You know, establish yourselves as a legitimate contender and not just in the regular season. Now I'm yep. pissed. Now I'm just pissed off at them again. <laughs> <laughs> and this has been lamenting the least. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna give a uh, player prediction too, since you guys gave player ones, and, and I, I kind of had one that uh, just given the theme of you know the the injuries that have kind of fallen on the Leafs here going into the into the season. We already thought you know we, we can't expect the injury luck that they had last season. Uh, I, I think that this continues they they continue to deal with whether it's injuries whether it's covid whatever it is um and we get an opportunity here and nick robertson 
finishes with Calder votes this season. Ooh. Multiple votes? I, uh, <laughs> I, I, wow. I, I think he's going to get multiple points, multiple votes. I think that um, I could see a, a, a scenario where, uh, you know, there are maybe a couple of stretches and maybe an extended stretch this season where he gets in because of the um, – Injury well, they're like an injury away from him being in the lineup that's right it. now. So. Yeah, that's it. Right now, it's it's you know it's. I think that Myrtle tweeted out a lineup that had Robertson in it for opening night, and I don't think that's going to happen. But I think that it, we can maybe outlandish. see him sooner than we expected. And I yeah. think that he's going to go down. He's going to shred that league. That's uh, you know he's a motivated guy. Don't think he had the camp he wanted. So I think that we're going to see him really put the pedal to the metal in the AHL, and he's going to try to get back up as quick as he can. You know, maybe he gets hot. Maybe he scores, I don't know, a dozen goals in like 30 games. And, you know, he plays kind of a bit down the stretch and, and maybe he's a force going into the playoffs and ends up with some Calder votes. There, There's my bold prediction. If he gets called up, it's going to be probably into the top six because they've got enough kind of rotating depth pieces that, you know, I don't see him coming up and playing, you know, with like Kerfoot and Mikheyev or something. So, yeah, he's going to get an opportunity when, when he get when and if he gets called up. I think the next time that he, he comes up, he probably comes up to stay. Yeah. All right. So there we are. Bold predictions. Um, we are terrified. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing can hurt me anymore. Are you sure? Uh, you know, that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just putting on a brave face, um, you know, as you do ahead of another season of Maple Leafs hockey. Um, yeah. yeah. Let's get her going, I guess. But the thing is, like, you know, as soon as Matthews, like Matthews is going to come back against the Rangers on Monday and he's going to rip one bar down and he'll score, he'll score everyone's two, back three in. Points and, that's yeah. the thing. Everyone that's saying they're out on the team and they don't care. Like, bullshit. If, if you cared before, it's such bullshit. You can't help it. You're just like us. You think any of us would still be cheering for this team if we could fucking help it? Like, no. <laughs> so just shut up, watch the games and complain about it with us on Twitter. Um. Speaking of Twitter, Nick, I wanted to prod on something because you spent this evening before we started recording tweeting um, using your considerable influence <laughs> to <laughs> rain hell on a a company. And I, I wanted to give you the space to complain. We don't complain enough on this show other than about the Leafs. I, I feel like we, we do a lot of hockey talk. I want to humanize us a little bit here. And I want you to bitch about your hat please <laughs> okay fanatics you fucking suck and that's judging by the replies on my tweet it seems to be a widely held belief um it just they suck i don't know what else to say like they shitty customer service shitty product shitty prices inaccurate so, product so descriptions to be, like to be clear to those who haven't for those who haven't seen the tweet you you, you ordered a hat Yes, I ordered a hat from Fanatics, a Maple Leafs hat, no less. Um, The description said that it was a mid-crown curved bill hat. You know, I'm not much of the the flat bill top hat type, but that's what I got. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, money not well spent, as is usually the case when you buy something from fucking Fanatics. Yeah. And thank you for allowing I, me that, that, that space to <laughs> listen, buddy. I, I hate to see a guy with your hairline get fucked over like that on a hat. I knew you had an ulterior motive to, <laughs> to let me have that rant. <laughs> um, 
no, I, I also wanted to do some whining. And Keith, I don't know if you want to contribute to to the the complaint session here, but I, I You're really um, getting geared up for leaves hockey here, huh? That's I, right. I, so right well, so I have <laughs> I have my streaming services, right? And I've had TSN uh, TSN Direct, I guess it is for like over a year now i pay it monthly like a dummy but i've had it for a while and i keep telling myself i'm going to cancel it but i don't have cable right now so i I, i'm going on the tsn direct it's pretty good uh i got sportsnet now like a couple of weeks ago holy shit it's bad did did you see my tweet about that i had a a, a fucking a nick richard tweet about that i didn't (laughs) it's awful okay error every 15 seconds it's oh it's a pain and i was going to tweet about it and then i i just searched twitter and i was like these guys are just having a bad day every day so i i don't know if i need to add to the chorus here <laughs> but i'm doing it now it is a terrible terrible app like you said yeah just reloading like i was trying to watch Worse MLB. Than the commercials it, I, I got it just to watch like yeah the commercials are a pain in the ass like tur- turn that budget into the fucking app because like what are you paying that goof for <laughs> like i i just will fight that guy now if I see him on the street, I I, I didn't like him before. Now he I hate him. the face of that shitty product. <laughs> because this thing crashes constantly. I was trying to watch the MLB and it's just like it, it, it wasn't even crashing. It was like doing the weird like staticky like the picture was all fucked up. And like I just got this to watch like I was hoping for a Jays playoff run when I got it. I got it for like the last week of the regular season. I had the WNBA playoffs that were showing like they split between TSN and Sportsnet and and I needed to be able to see some of those games. And I, I was, you know, all fired up and, and I am I have never been so sure that I'm canceling something. I'm the guy who like got, you know, the athletic on a deal the first time and then just like lets it auto renew at full price like a moron. And I am gonna cancel this shit so fast as soon as the WNBA playoffs are over. So the one thing I'll say is it is a brand new update. So you got it probably days after the update came out. It was historically better than the TSN one for my money. It's just recently that it's all gone to shit. So they they did a whole new like interface update. It looks different, and since that update has been the, it's just been buggy as fuck, and it's unwatchable right now. Like you're right, it's it it comes in in like HD, and then it flips to fucking like you're watching like a tube TV from the seventies, <laughs> and then and then yeah, it's just con- like I could live with that. Like I mean, I not really, but like it's when it shuts off every fucking thirty five seconds. That is annoying as hell, but I'll say if, if you, yeah, maybe, I don't know if you want to stick with it or not, but it, it, it wasn't this bad in the past, but I will complain about something and I, <laughs> I don't even know who I'm complaining to. I don't know if I'm complaining to the NHL and it's blackout things. I don't know if I'm complaining to the NHL live app. I don't know if I'm complaining to the fucking CRTC, but I, I can't, I like if the Leafs play the Habs or the Senators in a not tel- a not nationally televised game, so a regional game for the two teams involved. I have no way to watch it, and I pay for two fucking serve three services that should allow me to do that: the NHL app, the TSN one, and the Sportsnet one. Between the three of them, if the, if it's a TSN four Leafs game, I can't watch that because it's out of market or whatever. So normally, I'd watch that on the NHL Live app. But if they're playing Ottawa or Montreal, we are somehow in that region. 
So we can't even watch it because it it would be a game that would be on cable TV for us. So I have three paid sources. Can't watch Leafs play Ottawa or Montreal on a weeknight. So unless it's like Wednesday night hockey or whatever. So that's my, I end up illegally streaming something airplayed from my phone when I'm paying for three fucking services. Hey, at least you tried to pay for it. You are Eric Andre at the White House gates, desperate (laughs) to watch Senators hockey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, speaking of WNBA, before we wrap this one up, uh, I, I, don't, I think I mentioned my futures bet on a on a recent episode. Um, I was feeling very good. I, I'll say. I think I put my picks out on Twitter. I was wrong, but wrong in a good way. My team, the Chicago Sky, I was talking about them. They got Candace Parker, veteran squad. They are in the finals as a sixth seed. I think it's the first time that's ever happened. They're playing uh, Phoenix. They're up one game to none, and your boy wins some cash. I got uh, nice. plus six hundred on Chicago at the start of the season. The WNBA savant. come to lamenting the the leaves for all your wnba needs (laughs) i was very close i think that so it's phoenix and chicago in the final if it would have been chicago las vegas i i was in the money either way i had i had futures on both chicago and las vegas and then las vegas lost on like a last last second like shot block i think would have maybe sent it to ot or um yeah they they fell just short and could have been in the money for sure, but uh, feeling good about my sky, baby. Well, if Cam's taking a second to shout out one of his teams, I, I, <laughs> I was going to say almost as good bills. as you feel about your fucking bills right now. I Jesus, Murphy. I feel so good about the Buffalo Bills. As much as I was talking about how much I believe in this Leafs team earlier, like I, I don't know what could happen to shake my belief that the bills are the best team in football right now they spanked the chiefs spanked them they, they went into yeah. their their they embarrassed <laughs> yeah on national tv yeah. arrowhead is supposed to be one of the toughest stadiums to play in in the nfl there's all this talk that you know josh allen hasn't had to fend off a, a hostile full stadium you know since he's been good i guess yes yeah, since and, he's been in yeah, he very much did that uh, on Sunday night. It was just a complete beatdown in all facets of the game, and, and you know th- that was the the hurdle that the Bills had to get over. And uh, yeah, they they leapt all the way over that. So feeling really good about the Buffalo Bills right now. I think anything short of a, a Super Bowl appearance would be a, a disappointment for them at this point. Well, I can't even get into mine because we don't have enough time to talk about the resiliency, toughness, and intestinal fortitude of Justin Fields <laughs> taking the hits that he took and blow, almost blowing his knee out and coming back and winning the game. So I'll leave it at that, but uh, feeling feeling good in, in the Windy City. Laser-pilled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nagy fired himself again, and it's, it, it's his. Can it's we just his, fire him for real? <laughs> like his, yeah, his best two moves have been firing himself twice. <laughs> Jesus, what, what, what more proof do we need here? And then taking credit for the win against the Lions being. You know, yeah, I made a really great move was, removing myself from the play it, calling. Literally, <laughs> what he said, he's like, "Yeah, Bill called all the plays, and the O line played pretty good, and the defense was awesome, but it all comes through me." <laughs> like that was his press conference. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh god, fuck. And to wrap yeah. up the NFL chat, fuck John Gruden. 
Yeah. Well, I would have dickhead. I'm very glad that the last taste of the NFL that he got was losing to the Bears. Fantastic. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That guy sucks. <laughs> that's gonna do it for lamenting the leafs uh season preview show and we'll see how we uh deal with these injuries i guess for, for the first uh, few games hopefully next time we come to you we will have uh real live austin matthews to talk about that's right go leafs yeah.